Hello, Vitality Explorers. Alan Mishra here again with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. So if you like what you are listening to, I hope it improves your overall well-being, whether that's your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. As we always do on the podcast, we're going to start with a quote, and this is from an artist, a digital artist named Michael John Bobak, B-O-B-A-K. And here's the quote. All progress takes place outside the comfort zone. All progress takes outside the comfort zone. So in order to improve, I think what he's trying to tell us is that we got to get out of our comfort zone. So one of our goals here also with the podcast is to take the friction out of progress in staying vital and help you make deposits into your vitality bank account. Now, previously, we've talked about a couple things like how to focus on friend, fun with friends and stretching, how stretching can reduce inflammation and potentially fight cancer. We're going to talk about three new things this week. One of them is how exercise stimulates anti-cancer cells. We're also going to talk about how to live in the now. And finally, the idea of can a friend a day keep the doctor away? So let's just jump right into it. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, you can also find it on Vitality Explorer Substack on the, the web, or you can receive a free text message newsletter via vitalityexplorers.com. So let's talk about how exercise can stimulate anti-cancer cells. And this is really fascinating, really simple. And we're talking about 10 minutes on an exercise bike and mobilizing cancer fighting cells. There's a pretty cool graphic on the Vitality Explorer Substack site where you can see the types of cells that are in your blood prior to exercise. And you know, obviously those things include red blood cells and white blood cells. But I think the key is there's a, a lot of different types of white blood cells. And people uh, don't understand that as much as they probably should because not all white blood cells are the same. There's things like neutrophils, there's monocytes, there's some things called natural killer cells. And when you exercise, and we're talking 10 minutes of low to moderate exercise, you're increasing things like your CD8 uh, T cells, uh, your B cells in certain, uh, certain types, and this cool cell called the natural killer cell. So let's jump into it. And the primary uh, conclusion was of, of two studies that we're going to go over. The first one is the effect of acute exercise on circulating immune cells in newly diagnosed breast cancer patients. And here's the quotes from the paper. Quote, our findings indicate that a single bout of acute exercise of only 10 minutes can cause leukocytosis. That's a big fancy word for increased number of white blood cells in breast cancer patients. Mobilization of leukocytes, also known as white blood cells, appear to be directly related to the intensity of the exercise. That's the first quote. The second is, it is possible that the positive effect of exercise on oncologic outcome might be partially due to immune cell mobilization as documented in the present study. Okay, pause, drop the mic. This is really valuable information. This is not an opinion. This is scientific data. And let's, let's jump into it. So one of the types of uh, cells that they tested was, again, that thing called a natural killer cell. Um, and it increased by 130% after just 10 minutes on a bike. So if you want to spike your 
levels of natural killer cells you can get on a bike for 10 minutes. This is, this is fascinating because they replicated what they did in lymphoma patients. And lymphoma is a type, your lymph is sort of similar to your blood and, and you, know, you have a lymphatic system and you have a blood vessel system in your body, but lymphoma is cancer of the lymph nodes. Uh, and they found acute exercise mobilized CD8 positive cytotoxic T cells and natural killer cells in lymphoma patients. That's the title of the second article. And here's the conclusions of that study. Quote, our findings indicate that a single acute bout of only 10 minutes can cause leukocytosis in lymphoma patients, particularly cytotoxic T cells and natural killer cells, which are the most important immune cells fighting against cancer. Okay, I, I rarely get really, really this excited, but I think the reason this is important is that we're not asking for a massive lift, okay? But they found in two different types of cancer patients that the population of natural killer cells rose with just 10 minutes on a bike. And you can see the data and the graphs of the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. And the graphs from the, these are almost exactly the same. So it, it can maybe be across different types of cancer. They just study these two particular types, breast cancer and lymphoma. I hope it applies to other ones as well. There's a third study that we're gonna go over. It is in mice, but they used human cancer cells and to better evaluate the value of exercise. And this is the, this is the title. Myokines derived from contracting skeletal muscle suppress anabolism. That's not, that's not, uh, it's not like cannibalism, but anabolism means growth of breast cancer cells by inhibiting mTOR. That's a big fancy title. But basically what they used is rodent blood from mice that were exercised and found that it suppressed breast cancer cells. Okay, now this is, the reason this is important is this is more of a deeper investigation into the mechanisms by which exercise can be anti-cancer. And so very, very interestingly, uh, you know, the anti-cancer effects appear to be driven by factors that are released when we contract our muscles, regardless of the level of physical conditioning. So this means that both sedentary and exercise trained, well, in the, in the study, sedentary and uh, aerobically trained animals showed similar benefits, indicating that these anti-cancer effects are inherent in the muscle and not dependent on physical conditioning. So a lot of times people are like, oh my God, I'm not you know, an athlete, I don't like to exercise, but they basically use sedentary and trained animals and found similar results. So the factors that are released when we contract our, uh, our muscles are known as myokines. We've talked about these before on Vitality Explorer News, and, and they now can be said to be anti-cancer or suppress cancer growth. And the benefits specifically in breast cancer um, are attributable to the myokines and not dependent on other hormonal things, which is fascinating, right? So I think more research needs to be conducted into the specific types of molecules that are being released. Um, but this, these three studies taken together provide strong evidence that just a 10-minute jump on an exercise bike as an intervention to stimulate the immune system could be meaningful. Now, they haven't proven this with clinical clinical data to prove that it decreases you know, recurrence or extension of life. But I think what's important is many cancer patients don't have a lot of energy. I mean, they're getting beat up by cancer itself, chemo or radiation therapy or other hormonal therapies. But if you're able to get 
on a bike just for 10 minutes, it might be a reasonable exercise option. So you don't have to be on there for 30 minutes. You don't have to go do a big, you know, CrossFit kind of training program. But I think recommending this is something that uh, we should be considering. It's a non-pharmacologic way to enhance, I think, potentially the vitality of patients. And for those people who are cancer doctors, oncologists, or cancer patients, I, you, know, you can comment on this, but I think it's something to consider in the context of what, what is appropriate uh, with your doctor's recommendations. I also know as a orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist that riding an exercise bike is phenomenal for your knees. Okay, It's phenomenal for your lower extremity strength and your ability to move around, which is a component of your vitality, right? So if you can't move you know, you can't be vital. So I have this snarky little slide of Homer Simpson sitting on a couch and, uh, you know, eating some pizza and drinking beer. And I, I put up this thing, you can't be vital by being idle. So, you know, you don't want to push cancer patients to do more than they can. But if there's a, an ability to get on an exercise bike for just 10 minutes, I think there's a potential for a multifactorial improvement in their overall vitality. And remember what we're doing here with Vitality Explorers and Vitality Explorer News is not just aiming at people who are uber elite Olympic athletes. We're trying to live our lives in the most vital way we can. That, that is in the context of whatever BS life is throwing at us, including cancer. So that's why I'm so excited about this data. I think these three studies together are something that we should review and re-review and try to put into a clinical trial to see whether 10 minutes on an exercise bike not only increases the number of, say, natural killers in your killer cells in your blood, but also improves either longevity or vitality time when you are enduring the horrors of cancer. So I hope you enjoyed that first one. The second one is really interestingly as important as that one in a very, very different way. And this is what I call learning to live in the now. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you want to go a little crazy, try to define what now means. I've tried to do that. I've tried to read a whole bunch of stuff on it. Uh, and here's the only thing I came up with. Now is the pivot point between the past and the future. All right. Now is only here once and it disappears in an instant, never to be seen again. So if you're listening to this right now, who knows exactly what now is, but it's somewhere the pivot po point between whenever you weren't listening to this and whatever is going to happen to you in the future. But I think living in the now is one of the most important vitality lessons I have ever learned. Okay. And I have to relearn it. Okay. Because I, even though I teach this, even though I've been reading and writing about this for over six years now, I still have to remember to live in the now. Okay, and part of the reason why is that there is a war on for our attention. We're assaulted by our phones, we're assaulted by social media or TV or streaming media or even the cacophony of people barking at us or I call it piranhas chewing at my heels um, every single day and we get distracted from living in the now. And there's a lot of alerts that are trying to demand our immediate attention, but almost all of them are not that important, right? So striving to limit or eliminate, you know, say even alerts on our phone is not easy. Okay. And here's what I think about this. And I'd appreciate if people put their comments up there, either on the Vitality Explorer, new Substack site or below. Um, here's why I think we become, we, 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 
we don't want to turn off our alerts. We, again, have become addicted to them. We think being alerted makes us special or important. And I think this is here, here's the, here's the key. These alerts are not innocuous. They're shortening our, our attention span, and I think they're massively contributing to our anxiety and distress. And so I'm calling for myself and everybody else to reject almost all alerts because they're destroying our vitality. And we should instead seek to live in the now and treat our attention like it's an incredibly valuable luxury good. Okay, if you had a really, really valuable watch or, or bag or shirt or pair of shoes or whatever it is, you would treat it really, really well. And, and we don't do that with our attention. We just let it be distracted by whatever comes our way. We, we, we drift out of the now, you know, thinking about too much about the past or worrying too much about the future. And we fail to realize we only have one precious present. Okay, now that's the title of the book that I've read. You can look that up online. Uh, it's by Spencer Johnson, I believe. But The Precious Present is an amazing concept that we kind of let go of and don't allow our, ourselves to realize how important it is to be fully present in the now. So I think we can learn for some super wise and timeless comments about that. So I'm going to read you a few quotes. All right, quote, The ability to be in the present moment is a major component of mental wellness. That's Abraham Maslow. Okay, he's a big shot. The ability to be in the present moment is a major component of mental wellness. Not my opinion. That comes from Abraham Maslow. Here's a second one from one of my favorite writers and philosophers. Uh, This is from Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau. Quote, you must live in the present, launch yourself on every wave, find your eternity in each moment. Fools stand on the island of opportunity and look toward another land. That's from Thoreau. Here's from Buddha. Quote, the secret of health for both mind and body is not to mourn for the past, worry about the future, or anticipate troubles but to live in the present moment wisely and earnestly, the Buddha. Okay, this is from Leo Tolstoy. We just have two more here. Uh, Quote, remember then, there's only one time that is important, now. And the final one comes from Wayne Dyer. Quote, the more I give myself permission to live in the moment and enjoy it without feeling guilty or judgmental about any other time, the more vital I feel. So living in the now, I think, is a verified vitality enhancer. But you must give yourself permission. That's very interesting, right? So only you can give yourself permission to live in the now, right? So pause right now and just try to live in the now. I know this is getting a little meta, right? Um, but here's some, here's some specific suggestions. Listen with the intent of hearing when, when somebody is speaking to you. Try to look in their eyes. Try to understand what they're actually saying to you. Don't peek at your phone. Don't drift off in your mind, the past or the future. Just stay in the present moment, the precious present moment. Okay, that's number one. Number two, take a 15-minute walk without your phone. Let your mind wander. Enjoy the sights, sounds, and smells of, of your surroundings. You cannot do that if, if your attention is somehow tethered to your phone. Feel the tension fall from your arms you know, neck and body as you enjoy what I call the miracle of a simple walk. And I think we've lost, we've lost touch with that. Okay. Number three, 
All right, close your eyes and meditate or pray for 10 minutes. Practice some deep breathing or just let your brain relax. Realize that you are okay and you will be better if you just take a 10-minute break or a 10-minute timeout. So again, living in the now, I think, is a verified vitality enhancer. It is also a skill. Remember, the, the fundamental thesis of Vitality Explorers is that vitality is a skill. And living in the now is a skill that takes time and effort to develop. It's obviously easily forgotten. I forget it every day. But don't punish yourself if you forget to live in the now. Expect, this is important, expect that it will happen. And when it does, renew your commitment to living in the now again. Okay? There's a little um, video you can check out on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you want to see that. Um, but I, I would love people's comments about the idea of living in the now as a vitality enhancer. We're going to finish with a friend a day may keep the doctor away. Now, we've talked about how focusing on friends is important. Again, we try to lean into scientific published data whenever possible on Vitality Explorer News. And I think we know that connecting with our friends is important. But too often we forget about it. And we, we sometimes think, oh, I spend a lot of time with them. But, I, you know, here's the idea. Quality, or excuse me, quantity of time is important, but quality of time is equally or more important. And a recently published study helps us understand that. And here's the title of the study. I like this. Quote, here's the title. Quality conversation can increase daily well-being. Kind of, sounds kind of simple, right? Quality conversation can increase daily well-being. And here's the primary conclusion of the study. Results suggest that engaging in as little as one communication behavior with a friend in a day can improve daily well-being. Remember, one of the things we focus on Vitality Explorer News is on non-pharmacologic ways to enhance your vitality. So the paper suggested there were several specific types of what they called communication episodes and then measured the well-being of the participants at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And here are the seven examples of interactions that were tested. The paper called these weirdly candidate behaviors. I think there's a very strange term, but I think what they're trying to get at is that they don't have lockdown proof that these help. So they call them candidate behaviors or candidate communication episodes. So here's, and again, these are going to sound simple, but I think when we start to, to get a framework uh, and we have data to back it up, it helps us be a little more specific about what we can do. So here's the seven ways. Number one, catching up. That's just slowing down and connecting with a friend. Number two is meaningful talk, which is discussing something important. I think it's very important to realize that that's valuable. Here's a third one that sounds really kind of dumb, but just joking around with a friend. Just laugh with a friend. Number four, showing care, telling friends how much you care about them. Number five, we talked a little bit about this in living with the now, but listening, paying careful attention when a friend speaks. Uh, number six is valuing the opinion of others. So even if you disagree, I think it's important to say that you value what they think as a friend. Very hard to do sometimes, but very important. And the final one is just sincere compliments. Let a friend know how special they are in a specific way. You can say, your hair looks really nice today, or your skin is glowing, or my gosh, you're, you're such a nice person. I really, really appreciate you as a friend. Be specific, you know? So the more specific you are, the better you are, and the goal of the study was to figure out if engaging in these specific communication episodes or behaviors would increase well-being. And they, again, used these candidate behaviors 
uh, in a scientific way. I think there's a lot of other different ways you can connect with a friend, and those include things like just go out for coffee, go out for a drink, go take a hike, or just chat on the phone and don't try to be too specific about what you're doing. The key, however, is back to that living in the now, and that's why it's, these, these are all connected. That's why vitality, I believe, is connected. Living in the now means to pay attention to your friends. And I think paying attention to your friend is the key component to having it be meaningful for both you and your friend. Um, and it's clear that humans need uh, you know, close connections. And there's a thing called communicate bond theory, which is you know, this need to belong that drives all of us into relationship behaviors and social interactions. We just want to be part of a tribe. But not all interactions strengthen or satisfy our need to belong. So I think this idea or this concept of a, quote, communication episode or candidate communication behavior is important because it makes it purposeful. Um, and this type of communication is important as we develop our relationships. Um, and it can also be really definitively, according to this data, beneficial to our overall well-being. And what they really did is they looked at, here's the data in, in a little more detail. They looked at 900 subjects in three studies. Each study lasted a single day. They were assigned at the beginning of the day uh, to either engage in one of the seven behaviors that we talked about above, or they were asked to just you know, um, think about their social interactions for their, that day and then report later. And again, here's the conclusions of the study. Here's two, two sentences. Number one, quote, compared to participants in the control group, participants engaging in candidate behaviors experienced increased well-being. And here's number two, quote, results from all study, all three studies suggest the frequency of engaging in candidate behaviors, again, these are just specific social interactions, are associated with increased well-being. Now, the study was not powered well enough to determine which of those communication episodes we talked about were most valuable, but suggested that as an area for future research. So I think this paper, this interesting paper, goes to the growing body of evidence that supports friendship as a way to enhance our vitality. And like, who doesn't want to have more fun with their friends? I mean, we talked about this in a previous post. But this is specific, actionable data to suggest that just one communication episode per day one reaching out to a friend is meaningful. And again, it seems like common sense, but I'm hoping that you know the idea uh, of setting a goal and connecting with a friend once a day would be something we could all try to do because it seems like it's valuable. And again, it's very, very simple. And I, I think maybe we don't have proof, but if you connect with a friend at least once a day, maybe it'll increase your well-being enough to keep the doctor away. So I hope you've enjoyed this this week's Vitality Explorer news. We've talked about how a friend connecting with a friend today may help keep the doctor away. We talked about the the value of living in the now. And then we began this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast with how exercise stimulates anti-cancer cells. And again, that was just 10 minutes on an exercise bike, two human studies and an animal study that suggested this is, could be very valuable. So remember the quote from the beginning, all progress takes outside of the comfort zone. That's Michael John Bobak. And I hope that you enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast. If you did, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please share this widely with your friends and family. And uh, you can find, again, all the references and full write-ups at Vitality Explorers on Substack. So until next time, I hope you enjoy your week 
and get out there and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening. Take care.